There we are. I cannot see anybody. Is there any way that I can take the light down? Is that okay? Or put a light up or something? That'll be great. Thank you. It's good to be with you. And uh, it's great to see uh, so many people here tonight. I trust you're in good heart. Are you in good heart? Great. I'm going to be talking tonight with regards to the theme of promises. I wonder if we could just take that light off. That would be great. Thank you. Superb. And I wonder if you've got a Bible, please, too. And if you turn to Psalm 145 and verse... I'm just going to read uh, one verse of Scripture. Then I want to make a few comments. Uh, Somebody, uh, it was Sean, actually, when we came in. He said, it's pretty cool, this layout. He said, it feels like a bit of a jazz club kind of theme. And it's quite nice, isn't it? Vote of approval? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just while you, you find the, the verse of scripture, I really appreciate Paul and the team and uh, all that they're doing with Sunday at 6 and uh, by God's grace seeking to build um, the uh, Sunday at 6 uh, numbers. Can that go up a little bit? I know I'm fiddling around a bit here, but I'm, I'm a bit worried that I'm going to step back and fall over, which has been known. That's, will that go up any further? That's brilliant. That'll be all right. I can see from there, I think. Superb. So Psalm 145 and verse 13 says this. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. At Christmas time, my son... Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. He loves Lego. Anybody here, here like Lego? Yeah, there's a few of you like Lego. And uh, one of the things he, he was really keen on doing, we bought him um, uh, for Christmas this car that you built. And this car can also be a speedboat and all kinds of things. And he opened it and he was really, really excited about this Lego kit. And all through Christmas Day, he said to me, Daddy, can we make this? And I said, look, I promise you, I'll, I'll make it. We're, we went through Christmas, and you know what Christmas Days are like. It's pretty full on, and we had a few people around for lunch who so was doing that. And he came to me after lunch, and I was absolutely hammered, and just said to me, Daddy, can we make this Lego now? And I just, well, I don't know what anybody else, I just wanted to sit back, kick my shoes back, and have a bit of a rest. Any other blokes like that? Yeah. Don't lie at me, you know. You know, but... That's what I just felt like I wanted to do. So I said, son, I I promise you, I will, I will do the Lego. Well, he left me alone while I was just having a coffee and just having a natter. And then literally, it only felt like minutes later, he was back again. Daddy, you said you'd do the Lego. Will you do the Lego with me? Now, I felt like saying, for the love of God, just leave me alone. However, I didn't. And I thought to myself, I have actually made this boy a promise. Therefore, I need to keep my word. And so we undertook the challenge of, of, uh, of building this, this Lego set. love to tell you that... Uh, no, I'm not. That's what I'm telling you. I'd love to tell you that that has happened all the time, that I've made promises to my family, to my children, that I've always kept. But I'd be lying if I said that. But I want to be very clear with regards to promises... If we are people who make a promise, we need to do the very best within our power to fulfill that promise. Are you hearing me? And if we know that we cannot deliver on that promise, don't promise 
in the first place. That has nothing to do with my notes. That's just regard to where we're at. And uh, I just take that, yeah, that you'll, you'll take that to your heart. So with regards to promises, I was thinking about this when Paul gave me this theme and thought, well, what do I need to share amongst the people? What, what, what can I say with regards to promises? Well, straight away I thought about, and there's two things that I want to address. The first of all is the issue of broken promises. And then I also want to talk about, just as I finish, about the God of the promise, okay? The God who makes promises. So with regards to this Bible reading, we've said here that God is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. That tells me that God is a faithful God and we'll come on to that. But the reality is we live in a broken, fallen world. Anybody live in this broken, fallen world that's full of issues, that's full of challenges, that's full of that's full of ups and full of downs. And uh, unfortunately, our lives can be affected by people, family, loved ones, who've made promises, but haven't kept the promise. And they've ultimately become broken promises. You may say, well, this is a bit depressing for Sunday at six. What on earth are you addressing this for? Because it's very important because this is the kind of world that we live in. Broken promises. You see, I'm I'm mindful of people, there's a number of you in the context of business. It used to be that you was able to do this. You was able to do that, a handshake, and a handshake was as good as everything else. But now we have to have contracts and litigation and all kinds of things because there are so many broken promises. And you may be one of them here today who you've actually done that. You've shook uh, on a deal only to find the next day the guy's pulling or the girl is pulling the rug from under you. And it's completely, you know, the promise that has been made has completely been broken. And your world can actually be shattered and broken. There are some people here tonight because I'm aware of some of the ups and downs of people's lives. And this isn't me trying to draw an emotional appeal from anybody, but there's people who have been married and are now presently divorced through no fault of your own. But the reality is somebody made a promise and you made a promise, but that person didn't keep or she didn't keep her promise. And it resulted in a broken promise. And it causes heartache, it causes pain, it causes disillusionment. And if anybody was here this morning, we just heard a terrific testimony of somebody who made a promise, but her heart was broken. And it was just an amazing, amazing testimony. Interestingly, that testimony already, two or three people have said to me, that really ministered to me. I heard of somebody else that really ministered to me. It's great, isn't it, when we tell a story, and it's our life story, and God just pours in oil into another person. It's brilliant. That's why we need to tell the story of our lives, of what God is doing. But it could be that you're one of them who's just had a broken promise made. You was at the altar and it was broken. How about this one? You know, amongst families. We always say that, you know, families, happy families, you know, and all together. But there are many families around that are just shattered and broken. Yes? And there's fighting and infighting and punch-ups and this one and that one and falling out. And I'm not talking to this one. And, And, you know, there's been promises that have been made and it just completely wrecks everybody around. Broken promises. We live in a broken promise world because we live in a broken world. Do you understand that? This world is broken. And as I challenged you at the very beginning, 
It's very important that as, for those who are professing Christians, and like I've said to you, I've already preempted it by not lying to you. I'd love to say that I get it right all the time. I don't. But I'm on a journey to say that if I'm going to say something, I really want to fulfill it and commit to it. Do you hear me? And we need to be people, Christian people, that when we make promises, we keep them in Jesus' name to the very best. Or if we know we're not going to be able to fulfill it, we actually have a conversation with somebody to say, look, this is going south and will you give me some grace to do whatever I need to do. But there are broken promises that can be around our lives and it's just very, very unfortunate. And if you're here tonight, I really believe that God wants to help you in your life. You see, the Bible says this, God is loving towards all he has made. In your brokenness, God's love reaches out to you and touches you where you are at. In your pain, in your disappointment, his love reaches down and touches you. You see, the problem is many of us trust in other things, don't we? And the Bible says in Psalm 20 verse verse 7, some trust in horses and chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. I remember preaching about this verse and saying, you know, what's horses and chariots got to do with it? So some trust in BMW, some trust in Mercedes, some trust in Saab, some trust in Ford, some trust in Vauxhall. You know, horses and chariots, there are horses and chariots, but we mustn't be trusting in those things. We're trusting in the Lord our God. Amen? He's the one who's able to sustain us and help us and protect us and provide for us. So there are broken promises that come to our lives. But what about the God who is faithful? I want to say two statements around this. Are you still with me tonight? You seem a little bit quiet. Are you okay? Great. Okay. I want to say God is faithful to all of his promises, the Bible declares. That means to say, number one, if you're taking notes, he can't break his word. I want you to understand that. God cannot break his word. And secondly, he cannot lie. God cannot break his word and he cannot lie. Shall I tell you why? Because for him to break his word and lie, he would absolutely be laying down who he is, the character of God. I want to say the God that I know, I've had many hits and many ups and many downs and many, you know, disappointments in life. But through it all, God has remained absolutely constant. And I have to say, many of the things that have come to my life that haven't been particularly good is through my poor choices. Nothing else to do with God. My poor choices. But God has remained absolutely constant and steadfast. You see, he cannot lie and he can't deliver on his word. This is what it says in Numbers, if you've got a Bible. Number, Numbers 23. And, uh, and verse 19, Numbers 23, if I can find it, and I want to read it word for word. Numbers 23 and verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. How many people who do you know who just change their mind all the time? They're just like, say one thing and then do another. God is not like that. He keeps his word. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? This God who we know and whom we love, he is bank 
unshakable. He is dependable. He is trustworthy. He is full of integrity. He is truth. He is love. He is faithfulness. God is faithful to all of his promises. He really is. Anybody with me tonight? There's about four. Anybody with me tonight? God is faithful. God is faithful. I did forget to say at the very beginning, it may be a bit unusual to our Sunday at six runs. I'm going to, I'm sorry I'm a bit all over the place here. I just can't get comfortable. But anyway, um, I do want you to take note of these Bible references. Because as I was working through this message, I thought this is not just like a, a sermon, a fancy sermon. If we will only get these things in our hearts, they are powerful, friend. This is revelation that God is wanting to show to us that he is faithful to all of his promises. He cannot lie. What God has said, he will do. He will do. It's powerful stuff this is. It really is. So God is faithful in the midst of this broken world in which we live. And I want to say his faithfulness extends to his promise because it says God is faithful to all of his promises. God is faithful to all of his promises. We heard this morning for those who were here, and I didn't know this, some you Bible scholars would know this, but uh, John Partington, who was the guest speaker, he just uh, explained what the Bible was and you know how many verses were in the Bible and how many chapters and books and whatever. And in the midst of it, he said there are actually 1,200 promises. Now, knowing John, but John has probably made it up, so I don't know whether I can quote that. But no, I am joking, guys. You can have a bit of a laugh with me. It, it will be true, okay? It will be 1,200 promises. That's an amazing amount of promises that God has made. And David, God says, God is faithful to all. That means to say, all those 1,200 yeah, all of those promises, he is faithful. Now, if we was to go through the whole Bible, don't worry, Paul, you can rest easy. We're not going to go through all 1,200 promises, but I just thought I'd just bring three or four promises, if we get time, that we might just, you know, bring to you, that I think it's important that we rest in and rest on. That we rest in and rest on. We just allow... The word of God to just live within us. And the first thing I want to say is this. With the promises of God. I wonder if you just turn with me in Joshua in chapter 1. They're going to be very well known to you, some of these. But I don't want you switching off. I want you to hear what God has to say to you tonight. Because God wants to help each and every one of us to just hear to hear his promises to our lives. The first one is with regard to fear and confidence. Anybody here ever lived in fear? Raise your hand. Ever lived in fear? Anybody here lacked confidence? I remember my old pastor, Alfred Nissen. When I was back in Mansfield, he asked one time, I don't know why he did it. I was 14. And he asked me to come to the front and read a Bible passage. You must understand, it wasn't because I wasn't a decent reader. I'm an alright reader. I just am. You know how some people struggle with reading? I'm alright reading. That's not the issue. 
But I can't even begin to tell you how much I lacked confidence. I just, I was like a, you know, a jelly. I was like a jelly. And I always remember that back to that time at the age of 14. I wondered what Alfred was doing, why he just pulled, pulled me out. I wonder now, in just all the purposes of God, if just God was just beginning to try and do something in me even then. But you see, I go back to the fact that I was in fear and I was lacking in confidence. And many of us can live our lives in fear. And many of us can live our lives in confidence. It's not once you just continue to live with fear and with insecurity and with a lack of confidence. And the promises of God, hear the word, the promises of God to you in your fear and your lack of confidence is this. Joshua 1, verse 5 and 6. It says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. I want to say this is God's word to you. This is not God's word to to Moses. It was, but it's God's word to you. Do you get that? This is God's word to you. This is his love letter to you. I used to read the Bible that he was talking about everybody else. Now I understand. This is God's love letter to me. So when he says to you, he's talking to who? Me, you, we. And he says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with who? You. God says, I will be with you. I used to feel dead safe when my dad were around. I really did. I used to think really I was dead safe when my dad were around. When my big brother, because there was a time when he was much bigger than me, because he's three years older than me, I used to feel safe when he were around as well. But I want to tell you, I'm coming into revelation truth that I feel incredibly strong and confident. Why? Because God is with me. He then goes to say, and never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you. Is this to be true? Believed, Christian, you may think, are you sure God's got this right, or has he got it wrong? No, I want to say God's got it right. He's got, he's got it sorted. He says, so as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. We don't need to live in fear. We don't need to live in insecurity. We don't need to live in lack of confidence. We don't have to walk with arrogance. But we just live in the knowledge that God is with us. And God is for us. And God is our defense. And God is our protector. And God is our source of provision. He is all that we need, friend. He is all that we need. So whatever you're facing in that, in that, in that job, whatever you're facing, guys, in that college course, whatever you're facing in that business and in that office, whatever you're facing in that school, Whatever difficulties you may be facing, God is with you. This is a great promise. The second thing, I think we should be jumping up and down at this point. My heart and spirit is jumping up and down. Because I am just, revelation truth is just hitting me. You may say, well Christian, haven't you seen this before? As I've been through the message, it's touched me again. God is with me. There's some difficult things that I'm going to have to face over the next couple of weeks without divulging any information. And I'm aware this could go around podcasting. You don't ever know who's listening. But there's something that I'm going to have to deal with. I had a conversation on Friday. It wasn't particularly nice and pleasant. But I want to say for a moment, I was gripped with fear. I thought, fear is just gripping my heart here. And then I realized, why am I frightened? God is 
with me. Amen? Secondly, it's about blessing. I believe that God, one of his promises is that he will bless us. We're not going to look at this one, but I'll just read it to you. In Numbers in chapter 6 and verse 24, it's just a great blessing of Aaron. It talks about the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you his peace and his rest. Just a great promise. But I just want to read Ephesians in chapter 1 and verse 13. And I just want to list a few things. And you may have some things in your mind. Because when we work at the word blessing, we automatically think of some airy-fairy kind of thing that God's talking about. And God wants to bless us. Do you know that? I'll ask you again. God wants to bless us. Do you know that? He wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. And it says in Ephesians in chapter 1, Praise be to the God, verse 3, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now when I looked at this verse, I thought, well, that's amazing because God's saying that he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So that it's talking about spiritual things. So, you know, spiritual things around the church and with worship and with praise and just spiritual things. But actually, I went to look at the word, what it actually means, spiritual. And that word spiritual means heart desires. So you put, word, you put the word, two words, heart desires. So God has blessed you with every heart desire blessing. Oh, there's a different thing. Every heart desire. Now, I'm not talking about, well, I desire an Aston Martin or I desire, you know, a six-foot blonde or I desire a... I'm joking now, guys. I'm just trying to liven you up. I I desire a a, a holiday in Jamaica. I desire a... I'm not talking about those kinds of things. Get out your carnality and get into something good. But your heart desire might be, you know, God, I desire you to move on my life more and more. I desire you to bless my kids. I desire for you to bless my family. I desire for me to bless my business. I desire for you to bless my work. I desire for you to give me a promotion at work. I desire to have a few quid in the bank so I can really bless others. That's the kind of heart desire that God's looking at. And he says that he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual heart desire blessing in Christ. Some of you lovely ladies here who are looking for a husband. Very pointed. I had no idea who was here, but I put it on my notes. He has blessed you with every heart desire blessing. That means that husband is on his way. You don't need to worry about it. Particularly looking over here, you don't have to worry about it. It's all taken care of. You just have to trust God. And other people if you're desiring a husband. If there's anybody desiring a wife here, I'm not looking at anybody particular, so I have to put my hand down. But if you're looking at a, for a desiring a wife, you guys, if you're already married, just you know, loosen up a little bit. Okay, you've got one and just... <laughs> I'm trying to just have some fun with you. But seriously, some of you younger guys, I mean, Jared doesn't look like he gives a rip at all, actually. He's just fine, which is cool, but you know... Poor Kevin, you know, he's just, you know. 
I'm jesting, mate. He knows I love him to bits. I love him all to bits. But God has, honestly, your heart desires, you know, even with a lady, you don't have to worry about those, all that kind of stuff. You really don't. You know, you guys can get so worked up about stuff, and you girls with blokes, you don't have to get worried about stuff. God will just bring the right one along. Does anybody else believe that? I really do believe it passionately. And you say, well, it's all right for you, you're married. No, I, I believe it passionately. He's got it all sorted. Every heart desire, like I've said, that job. You know, David, I thought about you when I was writing this down. Heart desire, £30,000 a year down to £100. And I don't know what God's doing with you. But every heart desire, God's promise is he's blessed you with every spiritual heart desire blessing in Christ. Just keep committing your way to God. I don't know how long it's going to take, guys. I have to say this. I don't know how long it's going to take. But just trust him. He's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. He'll lead you through. He'll take care of it. That career, that thing that you want to open into, that, that job change, just trust God with it. Those children, those children, just trust God with your kids. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Have you got the picture? Whatever is in your heart before God, don't worry about it. I could spend a whole evening talking about all that's in my heart. Here and outside of here and just... And the, the encouragement to me is, Christian, don't get worked up about such things. Just keep bringing and trusting my, you know, trust in me. Trust in me with your ways and I'll just take care of it. Every blessing. Here's another one. I don't know what the time is. We'll be finished in a few minutes. Are you still with me? These are the promises of God. Allow revelation truth to just really impact your heart. Fear and confidence, blessing. How about this is a good one. The finished work. You may say, well, Christian, it just doesn't, I I go so far and it's just, it doesn't seem to quite work out and I can't seem to quite get through. How about this for a promise of God? Philippians and chapter 1. Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you will carry it on God's promise to us is that what is started, he will finish. What's the master phrase of Magnus Magnuson? I've started, so I'll... No, we nick that off God. God says, I've started, and I will finish. I love the story of creation. In six days, he created the heavens of the earth. And he looked around and thought, well, this is great, great work. I know he rested on the seventh, but what he started, it finished. It's interesting that Jesus on the cross, what were his words? Last words. It is done. It is finished. You see, what God started in you, we will bring to completion, without a doubt. What God has started here, thanks be to 80 years ago, people, plus years, decided to start a church. What God started, he will bring to completion. What's God started in your family, 
he'll bring it to completion. What God started in your heart, he'll bring it to completion. What God started in that business, Steve, he'll bring it to completion. Because he's a God who doesn't just start, he finishes. He's faithful to his promises, friends. Are you hearing me? This is a great word. I'm enjoying preaching this. Lovely God. Let me just give you two more, because otherwise we could be here all night. Romans 8, verse 38. It says that, and this is a promise for his love commitment is unbreakable. Romans 8, verse 38. Just two more. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor either angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is saying here, is making a covenant to say, look, my love commitment and covenant to you is unbreakable. He's saying, I'm not worried whether it's high or low, whether it's angels or demons, whatever it may be. Nothing will separate you from my love. I was really inspired by this morning's testimonies, as you can tell, because I've brought attention to them. But again, thinking of Beth, that wonderful testimony of how God just spoke to her. The sins that she's committed and just needing to be free. And uh, that straight away just reminded me of this, these verses. That nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. His love commitment is unbreakable. That sin that you're going to commit, that you're thinking about committing, that you commit, the way that you go, doing it your own way, pleasing yourself. I trust this won't be the pattern of your life, but if that's the case... It may be you've come to this point now and you've been pleasing yourself. You've been doing it your own way. You've been looking after number one. Some of you younger guys thinking, well, where does my life begin and what am I entering into? Making some choices. I want to say whatever you do, good or bad, nothing will separate you from the love of God. It's that strong. It's that strong. Well, Christian, what if I do this? Yeah, it breaks the heart of God, but his love is still towards you. His love is unbreakable. And lastly, let me finish by saying this. And it's around the same sort of theme of forgiveness. And I close with this. I want you to just turn with me, if you will, to uh, Micah and chapter 7 and verse 19. The promises of God are with regards to our uh, confidence, blessing, the finished work, his unbreakable covenant love. And we'll close with this, because as I said, there are many promises that he's made to us. But his unconditional promise to us is that he will forgive us of our sins. Verse 19 of Micah and chapter 7 You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our our iniquities or sins into the depths of the sea. I think it was Corrie ten Boom who said that God takes our sins and hurls them into the depths of the sea and then puts a sign up that says, and no fishing. 
I really love that thought. That God takes our sin and our shame and our iniquity and our guilt. And let's face it, we're all guilty. When we come to the cross and as we ask for his forgiveness, the promise of God is that he will forgive us and he takes our sin, reaches down and takes our sin. And the Bible says he hurls them into the depths of the sea. Never to be remembered, never to come up again. Don't you think our God is amazing? He's an amazing God. The promise of God to you is that he will forgive you and he will take care of you. And he will treat with you with kindness and with fairness and with compassion. He's an amazing God. It may be that you've been living your life through the disappointment of broken promises. I want to say to you, don't don't live there any longer. Let go of the broken promises. Forgive and move on. Some pain that has come to some people's lives. It doesn't need, you don't have to scratch much until it pops up. Just let it go. Know that we live in a broken world with broken people who make promises that they don't always keep. But the main thing I want you to remember is that God is faithful to all of his promises. God's promises are absolutely right and true because he is right and true. And his promises over our lives are immense and incredible. And I just want to read 2 Corinthians and verse 1 and then I'm going to hand back to Paul in a moment. But it says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 1 and verse 20, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the Amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. I wonder in this closing moment that I have, whether I could just ask you a question. Are any of you living under a promise of God? Are you believing that God has spoken some things to you and you know it's God that's spoken it to you? Then I want you to just remain confident in God's ability to take care of that promise. It may be that you're in despair. It may be that you're in disappointment. It may be that you're in confusion and all kinds of things. I want to say that God is a God who can take care of all those emotions. I'm encouraging you to come to God and give him everything. I wonder if we just bow our heads in prayer.